Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Red Apple Podcast presents American Lives Matter. America. Now, here's Bernard McGurk. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. American lives do matter. All lives matter. I'll say it a million times. And uh, screw the people who say, you can't say that. Yes, you can. You can say that, folks. And I will say that. I will also say that I believe there are only two genders, male and female. That's that. The rest is just lunacy, insanity. Uh, and just uh, it's to be disregarded, totally disregarded. Uh, get Seek some help. Seek some help, will you? I believe America is an exceptional country, the greatest country in the history of civilization. I believe that uh, President Donald Trump was the greatest one-term president this country has ever had. And that, yes, the election was rigged before November 3rd because of the bias in the media, big tech, all that uh, you, you talk about uh, the Hunter laptop story, to give you an example, which was completely squashed uh, by the media and big tech. That would have influenced the election. So in that sense, uh, the election was rigged even before November 3rd. But we won't get into the details of November 3rd, 2020. We'll save that for another time. But American lives matter. And of course, we're losing lives by the tens of thousands here in this country on a, I'd say a monthly basis, maybe every a couple of months, maybe that number is a little too high. Either way, thousands and thousands of people losing their lives in the inner cities. And, of course, uh, most of them are black, but not all. Not all, folks. There are a lot of a white, there's a lot of white people, a lot of Asian people losing their lives. And, uh, of course, it was all because of the defund the police movement, which was precipitated by the George Floyd movement, which, of course— uh, these people who were waiting to transform this country were waiting for a tragedy just like that. They were cocked and loaded. These uh, Marxist people, these uh, anti-white uh, Marxist uh, people were laying in wait for an incident like the George Floyd death. And they popped out of the bushes and sprung into action right after the death. And uh, the plan was in place. They were, again, ready to go. And they did. And they've been succeeding. And so the George Floyd death accelerated this whole thing, a defund the police, and uh, now we find us. And so the, what the media describes it all now as gun violence. That's what they describe it all as gun violence. Well, excuse me, it's not all gun violence. It's a general atmosphere of lawlessness, disrespect for the police, as you know. And uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. An Asian woman just passed away. She just died. She was mugged uh, uh, down in Manhattan on Canal Street. And, uh, well, they, they, the mugger, he didn't have a gun. He just pulled the son's uh, backpack. The son reached out and jerked his mom. She cracked her head. Anyway, she's dead. The bottom line is she's dead and no gun was involved. There was a person. We have a people problem. There was a woman, a handicapped woman up in Harlem. She was actually, they were mugging her, mugging a handicapped woman. I mean, what, what again, uh, who does that? What, doesn't it even run through a criminal's mind that the optic of mugging a handicapped woman looks bad? Apparently not. Uh, the callous disregard for life is such that, no, it does not. They ended up uh, beating her with a frying pan and taking her walker. That's right, up in Harlem. And, again, it's a certain demographic, really, that's committing all the crimes here. And, uh, well, the common thread that runs through it all uh, is the fact that uh, these 
Well, let's say uh, the young black males for the most part, all right? We'll just lay it out right out there. Now, what's the root cause of all that? Kamala Harris will be proud of me. The root cause, of course, is what the uh, BLM movement wants, the Marxists want. They, they want to dismantle the nuclear family. Well, in a lot of cases, in most cases, I guess, uh, in, in these poverty-stricken neighborhoods, that is the common theme, fatherlessness. There is no nuclear family. That, that's, that family structure has broken down. And you, they can't use poverty as an excuse for these crimes. And again, black people are being victimized by it. So I want to save black lives, just like Rudy Giuliani did and uh, Ray Kelly, Bill Bratt and all those people, because I care about black lives, white lives, Asian lives. Uh, yeah, by the way, that, to finish my point about the lady up in Harlem and the Walker, there was no gun involved. No gun. So it's not a gun violence problem. We have a people problem. And the people who do use guns, well, it's not the gun. It's the person pulling the trigger, okay? And again, they fall into that aforementioned demographic. So poverty, though, is not an excuse because uh, on the Bernie and Sid show, of which I am uh, the co-host, we interviewed a, a, a gentleman named Kenny Zhu. I've been saying this for a year and a half now. Because, uh, well, either way, he has a book called An Inconvenient Minority. Now, these people, the Asian people, they come here impoverished. They don't speak the language. And yet they succeed. Why? Why? They cherish certain values. Hard work, as Kenny pointed out. But why do they do that? Because the nuclear family is intact. They have a mother and father. This has all been ingrained in them. Delay gratification. A study hard, work hard, and succeed in school, and then succeed in life. And and therefore, you won't become a criminal. You won't become an angry criminal, which is why these people out there in the streets, uh, they're just pissed off all the time because, uh, as Bill O'Reilly pointed out, they have no father. They're just filled with rage. Whatever it is, they're committing the crimes, and that it go- goes back to fatherlessness. Now, on the good side, there are some uh, certain people in the black community who are seeing the light. You see this Washington, D.C. police chief after a couple of shootings. Uh, in, in ritzy places, they got attention because it was uh, the Nationals game and then it was a fancy restaurant. But in the meantime, people are being killed left and right in Washington, D.C. per capita at an unprecedented rate. Six-year-old girl just recently. But the black police chief, Robert Conti, he said this about crime, and it's very refreshing. Listen to him. We want to help people. Yes, we should. But you cannot coddle violent criminals. You cannot. You cannot treat violent criminals who are out here making communities unsafe for you, for your loved ones. They might not want a job. They might not. They might not need services. What they may require is to be off of our streets because they're making it unsafe for us. And if that's what it requires, then that's what it requires. And we have to own that. We have to own it because if not, we see more of this. Now, that's Robert Conti. Very refreshing to hear. Eric Adams has been saying the same thing here in New York City. He's running for mayor. And this mentality is now, well, this is being woke. This is the awakening that we've been waiting for. Despite the fact that people like Lori Lightfoot says things like this. It's obvious we cannot arrest our way out of this problem. Oh, no, it's not obvious. You can't arrest your way and lock these people up. Lock the people, lock, lock the thugs up and make sure they stay locked up. Don't, no revolving doors. Like, for example, the Chicago police chief, he, he mentioned this about the revolving door. Take a listen. We are arresting the violent offenders. The courts are releasing these people back into the community, that over 90 people charged with murder have been released. That should be a headline in this city, and it's not. So be adversarial to the courts. Ask what the courts can do different. 
rather than release violent people back to these communities to create an environment of lawlessness. So we have to reform the uh, re- uh, the cash bail reform laws. We have to reform the reforming because uh, that's what that's what's causing the crime. This this general disrespect for uh, law enforcement, but also. Uh, these laws that allow these people out in the streets and the lenient judges and uh, district attorneys, all this stuff. As you know, folks, we have to do this. But the point is here, you have a couple of uh, black police chiefs waking up to it. You have a black uh, former police captain here in New York City, Eric Adams, who's making a difference. Now, let's move on to these uh, mask mandates. Uh, the Total waste of time. Stupid. Uh, the front page of the New York Post today, as I uh, record this podcast, uh, American Lives Matter with Bernard McGurk. That's me. Anyway, front page of the New York Post. It's entitled Insanity. And they just laid out. It's very, very simple, folks. Front page of the New York Post. Go to NewYorkPost.com. You don't have to read anything else. And they lay it out. 161 million people vaccinated in the United States. And of those, 5,601 caught breakthrough COVID and were hospitalized. That is an infinitesimally small number of people. And just 1,141 out of 161 million people died from COVID after they were vaccinated. So that's 0.0007%. 0.0007% have died. Again, infinitesimally small. Look, you could, you could save more lives if you wanted to by reducing the speed limit on the New York State Thruway or any Thruway, I-80 or wherever the hell you live. Uh, by reducing the speed limit to 15 miles per hour. You don't do that. You don't shut down economies. You don't take away people's liberties for dumb reasons. So the New York Post concludes, so why the panic? Why new mask mandates? Why no common sense? Uh, That's what I'm saying exactly right. Uh, Speaking of which, you have uh, this woman, uh, uh, Randy Weingarten. Uh, This woman is one of the most evil people in the country. Her and locally here in my city, uh, New York City, the head of the teachers union, Michael Mulgrew. I don't know who your teachers union head is, but these two people uh, are near and dear to my hearts because they're the worst people in the world as, as far as I'm concerned. They put they put adults over children. Children are suffocating in classes with their, uh, or when they do go to class, with the masks. Now these people might not want to even op- reopen the schools. They're stuck at home on these stupid Zoom uh, classes, and they, but they want to commit suicide. They're taking opioids or left and right. I mean, the stats are there, folks. Just check them out. But let's listen to Randy Weingarten from just yesterday talking about schools. We want schools to reopen and have a safe and welcoming climate. In the fall, Delta threw us a real curveball. And, you know, the lack of the the herd immunity and enough people being vaccinated and, you know, kids not being able to get vaccines um, 12 and under. We're going to keep kids safe. We're going to keep our members safe. And we're going to try to open up schools. And we're going to try to move through this political battlefield. You're going to try, lady? You're going to try after what you know now, after what we, we've witnessed this past 18 months? You're just going to try to reopen schools? Are you kidding me? Now, I, I now know, uh, I listened to this uh, this gentleman who's running for Senate in Ohio. He wrote the book Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, they made a movie out of it. His name is J.D. Vance. He ruffled a lot of feathers. But uh, it turns out he was talking about kids. Uh, excuse me. He was talking about leaders, our leaders without kids, of which I found out. I Googled it. 
Randy Weingarten, sure enough, no kids, never had a kid. So she doesn't have the empathy. She doesn't care about kids. She hasn't experienced having a child, the love for a child. And that's what J.D. Vance points out, again, to the rage of the left. But listen to what he said. We're effectively run in this country via the Democrats, via, via our corporate oligarchs, by a bunch of childless cat ladies who are miserable at their own lives and huh. the choices that they've made. And so they want to make the rest of the country miserable, too. And it's just a basic fact. You look at Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, AOC, the entire future of the Democrats is controlled by people without children. And how does it make any sense that we've turned our country over to people who don't really have a direct stake in it? I just wanted to ask that question and propose that maybe if we want a healthy ruling class in this country. We should invest more. We should vote more. We should support more people who actually have kids because those are the people who ultimately have a more direct stake in the future of this country. That is so brilliant uh, and it's so insightful and so out of the box thinking. I mean, I never thought of that. That's so true. I mean, Randy Weingarten is a childless lesbian. She really is. So I know that being a parent myself and my kids are in their 20s, but it informs absolutely how appalled I am by the cruelty and the selfishness of the teachers this past year and a half, because I just think if that was my kid, I would be absolutely furious. You're only as happy as your unhappiest child, and they're making these kids very, very, very unhappy. So good on J.D. Vance, uh, Buttigieg, AOC. Who else did he point out? Kamala Harris, and I would add to that Randy Weingarten, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, listen, I want to mention this January 6th hearing uh, on the Capitol uh, January 6th, just like the pandemic, they want to keep this going if they can till 2022. Of course, they have nothing else but that, uh, the, the, the January 6th, the pandemic and racism. That's all the left has. Everything else is falling, is, is falling apart. I mean, they, they've, they failed utterly on everything because they're, they're incompetent and they do hate this country. You can't lead this country if you hate this country. A crime, inflation, the border, you name it. It's just falling, falling apart. So January 6th, they testified uh, earlier this week. They left out, of course, the Republicans, the Republicans that matter, that would have asked the right questions. Uh, you know, why did Pelosi turn down the Office of Protection? Was she in on the plot is essentially the question. But these Capitol Hill cops, I found out that they're not much more than glorified museum guards. They give directions. And this one clown there, this so-called cops, uh, this uh, big fat guy, he's so fat to me, he couldn't chase down uh, Nancy Pelosi, this guy. And he calls himself a cop. And he's reading a script. He calls uh, President Trump a hitman. The president who, who told the protesters to go uh, peacefully and patriotically protest, he calls him a hitman, this fat guy, uh, this fat museum cop. And he's stumbling around as he reads the script. This fat, stupid toy cop, embarrassing, a waste of time, this guy. And this is what the fat, stupid uh, toy cop actually tweeted. This is why he's a fraud. He tweeted this last summer during the George Floyd murder, during the, during the George Floyd riots, quote, quote, why is murder an appropriate response to property damage, but property damage is not an appropriate response to murder? Excuse me, he's endorsing riots. He's supposed to be sitting there saying that rioting is bad, but it, apparently it's only bad when Trump supporters do it, but not when uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and America haters do it. So the whole thing was a total farce, and this guy is just a lying fraud. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he calls him uh, a toy cop, but the rest of them were blubbering on the stage, and it was just it was just really, really embarrassing. And uh, I, hopefully uh, the, the ratings were horrible, 
horrible. Fox News actually covered it, and the ratings were just uh, pitiful for them. Nobody wants to see it. Nope, nope. Even America, even liberals don't want to see this anymore. I, I know they want to win, but they don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Congressman Jim Banks, I think he summed it up the best. He was one of the guys that was going to be on the panel. They, uh, Pelosi, the uh, I call her the other punk in a pantsuit. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said no to Jim Banks. He said this. Everything that you saw today was carefully scripted by Speaker Pelosi and her staff. Even the statements that these police officers read, you could tell at times they didn't write the statements. They were they were merely reading them as they stumbled over some of the words that they weren't familiar with as they were reading. This was carefully scripted. Uh, carefully scripted. And uh, look, uh, let me just say this. Uh, he's right about that. Uh, and, but it wasn't well read. The script wasn't well delivered. Uh, they would get an Emmy, except for they were stumbling all over the place, kind of like what I do right here on this podcast. But uh, then again, I'm not a congressperson, and I wasn't testifying in front of Congress. Uh, look, one other thing is uh, 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 Joe Biden, he was caught lying again this week. He talked about uh, he how, how he drove an 18-wheeler. Uh, I pointed that out yesterday. Apparently, uh, it was a big deal. It got picked up. A lot of people were talking about it. I mean, he talked about how he was a coal miner once in the past. He, uh, he talked about how he was arrested multiple times, he said. Uh, he made this claim that he was arrested attempting to visit Nelson Mandela. That whole corn pop story was completely and totally ridiculous. Back in the day, of course, in the, uh, I think the 1988 uh, presidential race, in fact, he dropped out in 1987, before 1988 even got around, for plagiarism. And he also claimed that he was first in his class in Harvard. Everybody laughed at him back then and mocked him. But the lies, uh, the recent lies, were uh, pretty much on display uh, these past couple of years, culminating yesterday with the uh, the 18-wheeler story. Anyway, this very funny guy, Mark Stein, he actually summed it up. I saw him on Tucker yesterday. I always like funny. So uh, listen to Mark Stein. I utterly deplore your skepticism about this. He, in fact, when he went to Nelson, when he went to rescue Nelson Riddle, spring him from prison, he was driving an 18-wheeler uh, he, <laughs> to Robben Island. He didn't realize you can go by road to Robben Island. He thought it was by, like, Rhode Island, where you can go by road. So he was uh, driving an 18-wheeler. It used to be a 23-wheeler, but Corn Pop stole five of the wheels. It's true that he wasn't a actually a miner, but he has sniffed the hair of a miner. I mean, we're getting a little hung up on uh, details here. When That's he funny. said he was a fighter pilot in the Spanish-American War and you guys go bananas. But in fact, he did once take a business class flight to Barcelona in 1978. <laughs> so we're getting a little too, uh, we're getting, I think, a little too hung up on details here. So he's a, uh, the imbecile in chief is a corrupt, lying pervert with dementia. That's who, who, who we're led by, folks. And the... Uh, the uh, vice president, the person poised to replace this guy, not much better. Not much better. Really, uh, essentially a bimbo, I have to tell you. Yeah, that's right. She slept away to the top. Everybody knows that. And that's what's uh, lying in wait for us. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, American Lives Matter. That's all I can tell you. And uh, I, I thank you for joining this podcast and listening to it. I'll keep it uh, brief and to the point. But I ain't going to pull no punches here uh on American Lives Matter with Bernard McGurk. I want to thank my board op, uh, Matt, and producer, Matt Meany. He's great. And uh, you listen to Bernie and Sid every morning, 6.30 to 10 on 77 WABC, on the 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen, or WABCradio.com. Thank you. And, uh, well, yes, make America great again. again. I tell you, I got to hand it to Bernie. 
tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.